guys, how's it going? So, I decided to get on here tonight. It is 7.35 on a Wednesday night. I've been working all day, but I went out for a walk earlier and I've been trying to do that more frequently recently because I've put on a bit of weight in the last year and I'm trying to get rid of it (laughs) slowly but surely, you know. Um, It's not too easy, but uh, I've got to try and nip this in the bud. All right, I got to try and get it while I can right now before it snowballs and I get more and more overweight as life continues. Anyway, I was I was walking around Ocean Grove. I try and do my 10,000 steps every single day, although I usually fall short. I think today I got to about 8,000. Let's have a look actually. Let's have a look. What did I get? I've got 7,692. I've walked 7 kilometers. So, I try and do this on a regular basis. And I have been burning through material. I've been going through a lot of material on Audible, right? Free shout out to Audible. And I've been listening to a lot of different audio books. And one of the ones that I've been listening to recently, in fact, the one I was listening to today, is called Thinking in Bets. Thinking in Bets. Making smarter decisions when you don't have all the facts. This is by Annie Duke. And it's a really interesting book as it's written by a poker player. She was a professional poker player and she talks a lot about cognitive bias, about how we make decisions as human beings. And even though a lot of the time we make these black or white decisions, right, you know, you're either 100% correct or you're 100% wrong based on incomplete facts. And she talks about the importance of maybe instead of saying I'm 100% sure of something, that maybe you're 50% sure, you're 60% sure, or maybe, you know, just just re, I guess, looking at it in a different light in terms of betting, you know, in terms of odds when gambling instead of zero sum, you know, either you're right or you're wrong. Anyway, I was listening to a chapter today that I thought was really poignant. I thought it was very important to talk to you guys about as it was related to confidence in speaking in English. At least I saw the connection. So, I was listening to this chapter and I'll just go through it with you, okay? So, I've written down some notes here and I'll read them out to you. Um, She mentions a guy called Phil Ivey, who was one of the world's best poker players in every form of poker back in the early 2000s. And he had- He was an exception when it came to self-serving bias, right? So, he wasn't constantly looking for ways to prop himself up, to think about himself in good terms, having a self-serving bias. Instead, he was always looking for ways to improve himself. He was looking for ways to learn. So, the example she gave about Phil Ivey was that in 2004, he won half a million dollars in a competition and the author's brother- Howard Lederer was commentating on this competition that Phil Ivey won. After the competition, they both went to dinner and instead of gloating, instead of feeling really good and relishing in his victory, Phil Ivey instead deconstructed every potential playing error that he made, that he thought that he had made during the competition and asked Lederer, who'd been commentating on the competition, about each strategic decision that he'd made um, on the way to victory and what he could have done better, right? So, there seems to be these two kinds of people. There's those who win something and they think, you know, I'm amazing, I've done really well, which in some cases might be the case. But then there's other people like Phil Ivey here who, even when they do really well, 
they have an eye on how they could have done better. So, he used this opportunity with Lederer at dinner to learn from even more of his mistakes, even though he'd been the best person on the day, right? Instead of gloating in self-satisfaction from the win and relishing in victory. And so, after this example, she talks about how habits operate from the book The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I need to read this book. Um, So, she talks about habits operating in a neurological loop consisting of the cue, the routine, and then the reward. So, for example, the cue in terms of eating biscuits, you know, maybe you really like cookies or biscuits, as we call them, bickies in Australia. The cue might be that you get hungry, so you get cued to do something about that hunger. The routine might be that you go to the pantry and grab a biscuit and eat the biscuit. And the reward is the sugar high that you get after that, the fact that you're satiating your hunger, right? In terms of poker, as an example, the cue might be you win a hand, you win a game. The routine might be that you take credit for winning that game. And the reward is your boost to your ego, right? You feel really good about yourself because you boosted your ego by winning. Now, she talks about how you can change these habits, but still keep the cue and the reward, but you just change the routine. So, good outcomes often cue the routine of crediting result to awesome decision making, uh, delivering the reward of a positive update to your self-narrative, how you look at yourself. And bad outcome cues the routine of offloading responsibility of the result and delivering a reward of avoiding a negative self-narrative update, right? So, that it's kind of a win-win situation usually under bad circumstances. If something good happens, you think, I did really well, go me. If something bad happens, you say, I was unlucky, someone else's fault, I'm still awesome. And so, she talks about ways of avoiding this. And I think this ties in to language learning and confidence when you are trying to improve your speaking, right? When you are really, really focused on whether or not you make mistakes, the thing that you should really be focused on is whether or not you learnt something, whether or not you improved. And so, that would be changing the routine. So, the cue might be having a conversation in English and the routine might be trying to avoid mistakes at whatever the cost and the reward is then that you feel really good about yourself because you've avoided all of these mistakes. But if we change the routine and we keep the cue and the reward, we can still feel really good about ourselves but focus on learning and focus on improving. So, instead, the cue might be having an English conversation and the routine is not whether or not you made mistakes but whether or not you learnt from those mistakes. And then the reward is feeling really good about the fact that you've learnt something, not about the fact that you've avoided making mistakes. And so, I think I thought that this was very important to talk about because all you need to do is change the way in which you think when you're going out there and having conversations with people in English. And, you know, the situations aren't necessarily going to change. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to have conversations in English. You're still not going to be perfect. But you can come out of those situations feeling a lot better about yourself when the aim is no longer to be perfect and to avoid making mistakes at all costs. And 
that you weigh your abilities on whether or not you've learnt from the mistakes that you've made. And in order to learn from your mistakes, like with that story at the very start about Phil Ivey, even after he won half a million dollars in a poker competition, he was still trying to learn from what he'd done wrong. The thing here is that once you do that, you're going to keep getting better and better and better, no matter how poorly or how well things go, right? Because you're always focusing on what you did wrong and how you could do things better in the future. Anyway, so there was a lot in there um, in this chapter. I thought it was really good and I thought that I would try and talk to you guys about this in terms of building confidence because I think a lot of people learning English lack confidence. It's one of the most common things I get asked about uh, when um, teaching English. How do I build confidence? How do I speak more confidently? And I think the biggest thing here, the biggest takeaway message here is don't tie your confidence to whether or not you make mistakes. Tie your confidence to whether or not you're trying to learn, to whether or not you're focusing on learning. Because no matter how good or how bad you are at a certain thing, English in this example, everyone can focus on learning and feel good about that as a result, right? So, I think this might be a really good thing to think about next time you're out there. If you're lacking in confidence, if you're worried that you don't speak very confidently or you feel nervous when speaking, try and detach your confidence and your worth as a person from whether or not you make mistakes and instead attach it to whether or not you learn from your mistakes. Okay. Anyway, that was a bit of a rant, but I definitely recommend checking out this book, guys. It is called Thinking in Bets, Making Smarter Decisions When You Don't Have All the Facts by Annie Duke. It's a ripper. I'm halfway through at the moment and I will keep you up to date if I find any other good information that's worth sharing. Anyway, thanks for joining me and I would love to know what you think. Is this a good way of trying to improve your confidence in English? See you guys. Mm -hmm.